Welcome to the Hunter's Hub Hunt More podcast. This podcast is built to get you hunting more. We talk with the greatest hunters around the world, known and unknown. We tell stories, give tips, share opinions, and talk all things hunting. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Hunter's Hub Hunt More podcast. Today, we have our March 2021 hunt winner, Mitchell Greenwell, on here, and we are going to talk about his elk hunt that he went on in early September at Four Horse Outfitters. How's it going, man? Pretty good. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, thanks for taking the time to do this. I know we've been trying to get this set up for a while and finally got some time, and let's uh, let's dive in. So, when did you actually become a member of Hunter's Hub? When do you... When did you sign up? So I signed up in January 2021. Okay, so you signed then, up early this year and pretty much won the first or second giveaway that you were entered into. Yep, exactly. I won oh, the cool. second giveaway that I was, or yeah, because I won in March. So Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, that's epic. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that was pretty sweet because I was like, oh, it's a Wyoming resident. Sweet. We can go this year because when, cause it was already past the non-resident draw. So it was just like, this works out great. Yeah, I did. And uh yeah, it worked out fabulous. You gotta go in early September. Um bulls should have been rutting hard, but we'll let you tell your the story how it happened with you and uh soon we'll have a video that Nick filmed for us. Um our Mark Marcus, our editor, he's working on that right now. We'll have that all released here soon and tell the you can tell the story version here and then we'll let everyone watch the full version on the YouTube here in a few weeks. And uh so let's dive right in. When did you uh first head up? To, what day did you get to four horse so i believe we headed up on september 13th um what we were originally planning was i was going to leave one week later than what i did but um matt birch he's the owner of the place and like you know and he's got a bunch of rodeo stuff going on so he wanted to take me out himself and then he didn't know he had to take a whole bunch of uh, bulls to a rodeo the following week when i was supposed to be there so we bumped it back one week. Are you there? And uh, Sorry, we lost you for two seconds. I don't know what happened. It was just funny. You said you, you – sorry, we'll pick up where you left off. Um, you were talking about how he had to leave to go take some bulls to a rodeo. Yeah, so he was taking the bulls to the rodeo. So we ended up going a week earlier than what we had originally planned. Um, but, I mean, it wasn't a big problem for either of us. But the one thing it got us was it was hot. <laughs> it it was probably like would have 90 been 90-something, wasn't it? Yeah, the day that we harvested that bull, it was 98 degrees when we got out of the truck. Oh, so. that's brutal. I mean, it's brutal anywhere, but during the rut, they're not going to be freaking moving much. And yeah, let's exactly. so let's, let's start out on day one. Like, let's because I don't even know. You know, I mean, I got text from you and Nick throughout the thing. Let's start on day one. You got there. Did you hunt the first day you got there? Or did you not get to go out? And did you hunt? Like, when did you go out the first time? So we got there pretty late at night. So we just hung around and had a good time that first night, um, went out the first morning and, uh, it's kind of like, you know, it's really weird out there. It's complete desert. I would never expect elk. And then we would travel for like an hour just across dirt roads. And next thing you know, here's these big mountains with uh, trees all over them, you know? And so that first morning, we actually saw three bulls that were coming in from the flats and they were heading back into the trees, but they were all pretty small, Um, but it was exciting for me. I mean, it was the first like hour of the day and we'd seen three bulls. So we come, we looked at the 
or excuse me, we looked at those, we come back around and uh, a nice bull, I don't know exactly how big he was, but he looked pretty good from the glimpse we saw of him. Uh, he charged right in front of us and right into the trees. Um, but we never actually did see that one again. But um, so that was the first morning. And then we went back to camp for a little bit, went out that night and we sat for probably four hours on top of a little knob, just seeing what would come out. And I believe it was the same three bulls that we had seen that first morning. They came out and fed and we just watched those three bulls the entire afternoon, really, until we, it was dark and we ended up going back. Um, so then the next morning, we decided we were going to hit a different spot that was a few miles away from where we had w originally went. And we got up in there and we drove and drove and drove. We, we did walk up in there just a little ways at the first, because it's kind of a big bowl and there's a little watering hole right in the bottom. And so we'd walked up in there to the water hole, nothing was going on. Um, when we came back to the truck, there was about five cows come over the top of one of the ridges and there was a little five point that was chasing them around. Um, we got a little excited on that one until we realized he was only five point. Oh, dang. But, <laughs> Yeah, it was kind of neat, though. I mean, they were right there. They had no idea, and they just come, I mean, hauling over that ridge. It was kind of neat. Cool. Um, so then we left there, and we drove all the way around. I mean, this road, like, takes you clear up on top of this hill and circles all the way around. And so we did that. Probably took us a few hours, never seen anything else. Um, went back to the lodge, took a nap, relaxed a little bit. And then we went out again that night. We went back to the first area that we had sat, but we sat on a different hill. And uh, the same three bulls, they came back out and we watched those three again the entire night. Um, we ended up leaving that area a little bit earlier just because it was the same bulls we had already seen. And we wanted to see if we could spot anything else, but we drove out of there, never spotted anything. Um, so that next morning, we decided to change our plans and we actually, it, I completely got lost that morning. I had no idea where we were. Nick and Matt <laughs> were making a whole bunch of fun at me because by the time it got daylight, I, I had no clue where we were. I thought we were in a different spot altogether. But I think what had happened is we came from like the backside of how we'd normally been doing it. But the way they describe it, I, we went on the same road. I have no idea. But <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, we, did, like but we ended up going yeah we ended up going farther than we had that's where i got lost gotcha. and uh so anyways we kind of looked back um from a side that we couldn't see on that big mountain and um we saw some cows some little bulls come out and then uh, we circled back around a different direction um and i know we had never been in that area and there was a fairly nice bull came out um, but it was getting pretty late it was like 10 o'clock and uh, I, I don't know if they were on private land or what the deal was. I know they were across the fence, and but Matt didn't seem to have a lot of interest in him. Like I said, I, it could have been the land or maybe he just wasn't as big as Matt was hoping for. Gotcha. Um, yeah, so we came back, and it was getting hot that day. That was uh, the, the day that I got the bull. So it was getting really hot that morning. So we went back to camp, you know, took the nap, did whatever we did. We go out. And Matt says, well, I mean, they really weren't rutting that hard. It was just too hot. And another thing that wasn't helping us out was normally 
there's only like a few main watering holes while well, it had rained the week prior pretty good and filled a bunch of those little holes in they so the elk had plenty of water so you exactly couldn't really pinpoint where they were going to be yep and they weren't really bugling at all um so then we ended up matt says well you know that place that we went on the second morning that we just saw that one bull and a few cows come over the ridge there because you know we're having not having a whole lot of luck in the other spot so we head back up in there and nobody wants to do this it's 3 30 in the afternoon 98 degrees and we're gonna go sit and wait for these elk to come into this water and you could tell everybody's morale was pretty low nobody wanted to do it <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, that uh, sounds kind of miserable <laughs> yeah it was so we but you gotta get, do, gotta do get something done exactly i mean we were we were getting a little bit towards the end of it i think we had a couple more a few more days left but we still were hoping to get it done because the heat was kind of messing with us so we ended up we get to the spot and like i said it's this big kind of half bowl shape and there's a big pond down in the bottom and so we get out of the truck i'm i get the gun on my back um matt's getting all his stuff set up nick's getting the cameras going and Matt stands up on the running boards and glasses with his binoculars. And he says, there's already elk down in the bottom of this bowl. So then we kind of started hooking it into gear and we, that right next to us was a drainage ditch. So we all dove down in there and we traveled up that ditch for probably 300 yards. And then Matt kind of pokes his head up and he looks back at me and he says, there are 120 yards. And I'm sitting here thinking, I I bought a brand new 300 Winchester Magnum for this hunt that was all dialed in to shoot, you know, 700 <laughs> yards if I needed. And he's telling me they're 120 yards. So like, oh, yeah, perfect. I'm going to use this exactly. long range setup that I got set up and we're going to really reach out there and touch them. <laughs> exactly. So he says, well, they're feeding towards us. I'm like, oh, great. They're going to be even closer than that. <laughs> But we were not in a good position. We were like still in the bottom. So we were going to be spotted before we got a good shot. Oh, damn. So we actually moved back a little bit and came up and got a little bit higher on the outside of that um, drainage ditch. And here's these like three big green bushes. And we all kind of crouched behind that. And we're getting ready. And Matt, good thing Matt noticed because I wasn't thinking about it. He looks at me, he says, turn your scope all the way down. And I had it on, I believe, like 18 at the time. Okay. And he's like, turn it all the way down. So I'm looking at where I think these elk are going to come out. And I'm like, well, I'm going to turn it down to say like nine power because, you know, they're, it's still going to be like 100 yards. And uh, so I turned it down to about nine. And I'm sitting there, I'm getting really pumped up at this point. So I'm trying to control my breathing and, you know, just wait for him to come out. And uh, pretty soon I can start to hear branches snap and whatnot. I'm like, ooh, he's close. And pretty soon he, he bugled and I immediately reached down and turned my scope all the way down because I was like, he's on top of us. <laughs> You're like, he's going to be a lot closer. Yeah, oh. I mean, I was like, oh man. So then pretty soon... Matt he's crouched behind me he kind of turns and he kind of looks as he's standing up and he says stand up stand up and we all stand up and I turn around and I look and this bull is 50 yards away standing there broadside and <laughs> it's like bow range. Apparently, 
Oh, I know. I could have taken him with a bow or crossbow easy. Um, so I throw the gun up and just offhand, actually shooting over the top of those green bushes that we were um, hiding behind. And I threw the gun up, but then I knew that we had to wait for Nick to try and get on him with the cameras because I knew he wasn't set up at all. Yeah. So I give it probably three or four seconds, but the whole time I'm thinking in my head, if this bull goes to take a step, I'm going to pull the trigger. Yeah. And pretty soon I hear Matt whisper, shoot. So I'm like, okay, Matt must know that, you know, they got the (laughs) camera up. So I pulled the trigger and I didn't even look. I just dropped the gun down, put another one in it, threw the gun back up. And he had taken a couple steps, but he was just standing there. And Matt said, shoot again. So I shot again. And he only took three, four steps and dropped right there. Oh, cool. Um, Yeah. And then uh, I don't, I mean, I think Nick did get the shot. I don't know how clear the shot was because he was so set up for those elk to walk out in front of us while we were sitting there. And then we kind of threw him a loop and he had to turn around and get all set up again within about probably within 10 seconds i know oh dang so yeah i don't know how the video came out on it i know that he did get the elk in the shot and uh, you know and he got the shots but i don't know if it was clear or what we had going on but yeah i think the only thing missed out was on the focus trying to get make sure everything was focused and whatnot but like that's all part of the story is like those quick you know sometimes you're set up for the perfect thing and all of a sudden you know you get thrown a curveball and the bull's right next to you and you know, he's got to stand yep. up, tripod and all that and be ready to rock. But um, sweet. So then, you know, the bull's down. And then what you guys end up? What's, what's the rest of the story here? So it was kind of, I mean, it was actually nice. So we go over there, we get our photos, you know, and I'm, I'm pumped. I've, and you could see in the videos that Nick took, you know, I was so excited. Oh, yeah, you're jacked. Uh, yeah, I was like on cloud nine. <laughs> I'd never actually shot a bull elk before. And this bull was so pretty. He's got, you know, he's so symmetrical. And um, he had a lot of that white mud on his horns and just, you know, a really good character. He's like um, a perfect six point. Like everything looks like oh, yeah. almost the same length. Yeah, exactly. And he's got big, long brow tines on him. And just, he, yeah, he was very symmetrical and really nice. Cool. Um, so we, we get our photos and everything. Uh, me and Matt got him out and then we were actually fairly close to uh, Matt's ranch house so we went back and they have one of those trucks that you can pick up a bale of hay and set it on the back of the truck with oh yeah and we went and Matt actually was able to drive that truck through the drainage ditch that we had traveled through <laughs> and pulled it right up to that elk and we chained his feet and just picked him right up and set him on the bed of that truck so and then uh, we got him back to camp and I'm, Matt probably didn't love me because I'm not the average hunter that he gets that took him to the butcher. Um, my family, we like to butcher our own meat because we, you know, can do it and we like to do it, the, you know, a certain way. So we actually had to skin him that night, quarter him and then get him in the cooler so that he'd be cool for the next morning. So it was a little bit longer night than I think Matt was anticipating, but it was still good. We got it done in a short amount of time. So Yeah. Well, I mean, you talk about going to the Matt just taking it, you know, that's on their private property. And it's just like, they will go pick the animal up. Cause like you said, it's, it's different than any elk country you'll ever hunt in because it's just like straight oh, yeah. up high plains desert. You don't think an elk's going to live anywhere out there just drainage ditches. And then you'll have like one ridge full of pine trees and cedar trees. It's weird. Uh-huh. But I talked to Matt and he was like, 
man, this guy is a hunter. He's like, I wasn't knowing what to expect when he showed up, but man, he freaking hunts and he was a hoot. Like Matt was super stoked <laughs> for you because he was just like, this guy, he wasn't sure because he's like, man, I wasn't sure if he was a, you know, like hardcore at it, but man, we he freaking pushed it and we freaking had him out in the heat and he did great. You know, Matt was super stoked and, you know, he was actually really impressed with you and happy that you came because he was just like, man, this guy had so much fun. Like he seen the enjoyment that you had and knew you had like a good time and really like enjoyed and appreciated us. Matt was like super stoked for you. Yeah, he was like, that makes it more worth it, you know, when people really enjoy it and, you know, have fun because he was just like, man, I was stoked for this guy. Yeah, it was fantastic. And Matt kept saying that, well, he didn't really tell me, but he had told his uh, wife and she told me when we were having dinner that night that like, I guess a lot of people will, they'll take that first shot and then uh, they'll be like, oh, you know, what happened? What happened? And they won't get their second shot loaded in. But yeah, most I people won't reload. I, exactly. And, but I'd went to Africa one time, so I'd practiced my reloading a lot, you know? And yeah. so that was just instinct to me. I just dropped the gun down and jacked a new one in it, you know? And, um, and I haven't even mentioned it, but my wife was there on the whole trip, you know? So that was great. She was right there, you know, hunkered down with us when I shot that bull. So it just made it even better. Oh, cool. Yeah. I bet uh, she thought that was just a blast, especially the excitement of how fast it sounds like that happened. Oh yeah. I mean, it just happened so fast, but yeah, Matt's an amazing guy. I mean, he, I had the best time with him. We really connected and, you know, we told lots of good stories and got some good <laughs> hunting done together. So cool. yeah, I had an absolute blast. I'm def I'm going to go back there again. Um, I, we're going to start putting in for that elk area that they have over there. Cause Matt says they get some really big bulls. If you can draw that one tag. Yeah. That so, tag, yeah. Uh... The tag's weird so it's only open like every other year for bulls yep um mm -hmm. and it i mean i think one of our buddies drew with 18 points maybe maybe not but you know since you're a resident you won't get points you'll just have to hope to to random draw it which might have better success doing anyways um yeah yeah they kill some really good bulls and that stuff um they kill bulls like 360s 370s stuff over there so um when they can hunt it sometimes they'll take a break for like two years though like the game of fish i think kind of changes it you know on a whim yeah. what it sounds like to me yeah that's what he was saying is it sounds like they closed it this last time for about two years but i think that it's supposed to be open for draw this year but i got um an odd dad hunt in january and a baby coming so it'll be a few years before i get to put in for it but yeah oh that's sweet definitely um, where are you going down odd dad hunting um, we're going to Record Buck Ranch. I don't know okay. if you've heard that in yep. South Texas, outside San Antonio. Cool. Awesome. Uh, yeah. That'll be fun. What so, what part of January are you going down? Like what time? Uh, January 16th to the 21st, somewhere right in there. I can't remember the exact oh, dates, but. Cool. Yeah, yeah. The weather down there might be a little nicer than around where you live at that time anyways. Oh, exactly. We'll go from <laughs> two foot of snow to, you know, 50 degrees and dry. So that'll be kind of nice to break it up. Yeah, exactly. But, exactly. Um, do you have any other tags left this year and any other generals tags or any leftover tags that you got going on this year? I don't have any more tags um, for anything here. Um, I do have a, a buffalo hunt, but it's a just a meat hunt in Kansas. I've got that oh. in December. Yeah, so That'd I got that one. in December, and then we'll go on our odd dad hunt in January, and then 
our baby will be here in March and I'll probably have to take a couple of years off, you know, but doing anything like big, like, you know, these expensive hunts, but. Yeah. And then you got to get back to Africa, right? <laughs> oh, I, yeah, I was supposed to be in Africa in this coming May, May, 2022, but me and the outfitter I chose, we just weren't seeing eye to eye after a little while. And so we called that one off and then it was only like a month later we found out my wife was pregnant so i never booked another one but might have been a blessing that way then huh instead of getting too far into it yeah he just you know he it had been a year since i'd booked the hunt and i kept asking him for an updated quote and he just never could get me the a new quote and i even added days on to the hunt and he would never update my quote and then uh, i kept it came time for me to buy my plane tickets and he never would tell me what days i was supposed to be there and finally like after a month of asking him i just said look man i can't i don't feel comfortable booking this hunt i don't even know if you're going to be at the airport when i get there you know (laughs) yeah no that's i mean sometimes that's how it is like especially with you know the whole corona thing i know guys that were trying to figure out stuff for sheep hunts that were getting postponed and then they had fallen out with outfitters like just because of the people not sure when it was going to open and deposits already spent like it just you know this last year and a half two years have been kind of wild especially for that stuff and you know there's always there's always shady outfitters no matter what industry it is you know elk hunting deer hunting africa asia they're all the same you know there's always gonna be some shady ones in it but you know and sometimes that's what happens you just think you found a good one and at least you've seen it before you got over there and he didn't pick you up or you know i had some guys that are actually neighbors to matt they actually had that uh draw on that drawer it's uh shane Frella, and uh uh-huh. it was 2019 yeah it was 19 i get a call from him he's like hey man um i bought this auction hunt at a small banquet like a you know just like a local thing like a small small banquet and he's like but i'm i'm starting not to i don't want to go to this guy because i feel like a bad vibe do you got anybody you can send us with and i was like oh yeah what dates you find he's like well we fly to atlanta in six hours <laughs> they still oh had their, they still had their plane tickets everything to get to africa but they were deciding to call it quits with the outfit and i'm like oh okay oh um, so short like, notice yeah <laughs> short notice so i got on whatsapp and messaged two of my outfitters and the first one that got back to me we set them up and they they were there to pick them up at the airport and i think they shot like 20 something animals between three or four of them you know they went over there and they had a ball and you know they just it's just one of those things they had a bad vibe and they asked me and i was like yeah i got a guy we'll just see if they can fix you up and i mean that was literally they were flying to atlanta in six hours and it's like once they get to atlanta i can't talk to them because they're gonna be in the plane for 18 hours yeah you know then they're in africa by that time so you gotta have someone there to meet them and luckily my guys at randaland just said yeah we'll accommodate them we got we already got two people in camp, but we have room for these other guys coming. We'll just have someone pick them up, and they took care of them. And, you know, they got benefited out because the guy shot, you know, 20-something species. And oh man, it was a good time, but it was just like I know that feeling a lot from people like, you know, at least you did it early enough. I know people that have backed out, you know, right before, you know, the day of, you know, but at least these guys, yeah. you know, they they didn't have any ma- major deposits in. They just had the auction hunt that they bought, and they, they got a killer deal on it. And so – um, they didn't lose out too much. Yeah, but I know some guys that have lost quite a bit just because they, you know, get a bad vibe like a week before and then the outfitter never gets back to them or whatever. And so yeah. it's just kind of one of those deals. At least you got lucky and caught that ahead of time. Yeah, and I do believe that this guy probably runs a pretty good outfit. Um, but he just, like, so he wasn't comfortable for me to book with. And 
another thing I liked the when we went in 2019, um, you know, we had some other people in camp and we really enjoyed the other people, you know, coming back and talking to them and whatnot. Yeah. And this guy, you know, he only takes, cause he's the, the owner and the guide. And so he only takes, you know, the hunters that are coming in, there's nobody else in camp to talk with and whatnot. And I'm sure it would have been fine, but you know, I'm like, you know, in the end, I just decided let's go a different route. And he was kind, you know, and he, well, I mean, he was a little bit upset, you know, but I explained why I wanted to cancel and he was okay with it in the end. And he actually gave me my full deposit back too. So. Well, that was nice. Yeah. That was, that was yeah. Guess yeah. you gotta give him a star for that one for sure. Cause most of them just, you know, give it the middle finger and say, nah, no deposit. Yeah exactly and that's why i'm like i'm not gonna bash this guy or say who he is or anything like that because i'm sure he does fine but if he just i think he just needs a secretary you know yeah <laughs> well that's how most actually that's, get this that's how most of the international outfitters are you know because they are the, the outfitter the ph the guide whatever you know even in asia europe they're the guys in the field too so you don't get to talk to them for weeks on end and then they're looking at their counter and they got you know, you, me, and six other guys showing up the same day, and they're only supposed to be you, you know what I mean? So he's trying to figure that out because yeah. he didn't have anyone. And I have, you know, um, and I like I agree with you. They probably all run a good outfit, but they just don't um, have the business management side of things locked down as good as they should. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When we went with uh, Cruiser Safaris um, in the Limpopo Providence on, in 2019, and uh, they were fantastic. They, you know, the only thing that I – not that it was a problem the first day we hunted kind of a small concession and i didn't quite you know i'd always heard about high fence but i didn't realize how high fence was you know in africa holy smokes you know you could hold a prisoner in there if if you wanted you know but so the first area we hunted was a little bit small and i was like eh, i wasn't you know loving it quite as much um but then every other area we hunted was just miles and miles and miles and you know we would see the fence maybe a couple times the entire day but we just drive forever without seeing a fence and then it felt fine you know yeah so and that's the problem with south africa is it's just uh i think in the beginning it was fine because everyone had a lot of land but then you get a lot of guys that you know they'll get a couple hundred acres and they want to have a, a game farm or whatever you know and i think that's mm-hmm. the problem with south africa kind of got oversaturated with you know even if you know, the outfitter doesn't own the property. He, there's like a species that that guy has and their buddies and he goes over there to hunt it type of deal. You know, it's not, yeah, that's kind of how that works. Cause, um, you know, and then you go to Namibia and it's a little bit different, a lot bigger stuff. There's a lot of free range concessions. And then once you get out of South Africa and Namibia and parts of Botswana, you get into, you know, these other countries and it's just complete wild Africa. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, I know. Just like going to Yellowstone. You know, I know I, I'm wanting to get over to Tanzania, but I, that that's one, that the place you need to go. Expensive. That's the place. Yeah. Tanzania is the place to go or Zambia. Those two places are, you know, they still have like the true, you know, big full bag safaris, you know, Tanzania is a little bit more wilder. Uh, Cause sometimes you'll mm-hmm. just, you know, charter in a couple hours and be in the middle of nowhere. Zambia, there's, you kind of just land in like a local area and drive, you know through some villages and get to the hunting area and then it's close to villages but parts of tanzania you're in the middle of nowhere Mm -hmm. that's what i'm hoping to get there someday but 
they definitely bump up in price between like there and you know say namibia or south africa yeah so. yeah they definitely are proud of it and it's all about the daily rates that they have to the government daily rates when it comes to that stuff yeah and then in tanzania if you want to get like a full bag you've got to be there for like 21, 21 days or yeah. they cut it yeah they cut it down to what you can harvest and whatnot but yeah, that's all that government daily rates because they want to make their money, <laughs> which, you know, they're, exactly. they're keeping hunting going. So I guess that's a plus. Yeah, exactly. And I've got a pretty, I've got a really small house in all reality. And so I've got a, a kudu shoulder mount on one wall and I've got um, the elk that I harvested. I've I got it European and I've already got it up on the wall. And so I've only got about one good space left and that's where my odd ad's going to go. So I have no idea where Africa number two is going to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah fair so. enough fair enough that's that is a promise having room to put stuff that always mm-hmm. is especially when you go and hunt like kudu and stuff and you're like yeah i kind of want to shoulder them out those just so people you know the first one at least so you get the full aspect of what it is and then if you can european it to get a different advantage of it but that is the problem yeah. when you go hunt all these other cool animals you kind of want to have everything instead of just a european so people know what it actually is because if you walk into some most people walk into your house and see a european cooter they're going to be like um and most people will exactly. anyways, but a shoulder mount people have an idea they're like oh i've seen that before somewhere yeah exactly or at least if they haven't they can get an idea that you know oh it's gray and it's got that long beard hair coming down his neck and you know they get a, a lot better idea when you see just the skull. I mean, it could be any color, any shape or form, really. You yep. know. Oh, 100%. So. 100%. Cool. Well, I appreciate you hopping on here. Um, thanks for telling us the story, and congrats on that bull. I can't wait to have the film done for Marcus. Um, I'm stoked for you, man. That was so cool when they when you guys – because, I mean, I was getting worried because every text I got, it's like, oh, it's 90 degrees. Oh, they all come bugling. And then all of a sudden, bull down. I'm like, hell, yeah, this is awesome. We got one, you know. It was pretty, pretty, yep. pretty amazing. But um, well, I appreciate you being a Hunter Sub member, and uh, hopefully, I mean, I guess hopefully you win the deer hunt this month because you've already got the elk hunt from up there. Um, yes. This, this episode will probably be out a little bit after October, so if, for everyone that's listening, we, in October we gave away an elk hunt and a mule deer hunt at Full Horse Outfitters, and we have a different giveaway going on now for the month of November. And uh, But good luck on all the rest of our giveaways, man, and good luck on the bison meat hunt, the odd ed hunt, and good luck with the baby. All right. Well, thank you, Mackenzie. Appreciate it, man. Thank you for hopping on here. Yep. Thank you. Have a good one. Appreciate it. You See ya.